Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk to When we'd first moved in, I wasn't sure what to make of the lights. I thought at first they were passing cars or people parking on the shoulder of a nearby road. Perhaps they were teenagers looking for a place to get high or make out. Or worse, hunters trespassing on our land. I even walked out to confront them one night, thinking they had no right to be harassing us like they were. That night when I saw the lights, I started marching out there purposefully, despite the late hour. There were no crickets chirping, and nothing was making a sound. Everything was dead quiet as I got closer to that glowing round light at the edge of the property. Then I blinked, and it was just gone. Thinking still that it was just teenagers or drunks who had seen me and turned their lights off, I kept walking out further, the eerie quiet and the moonless night making me uneasy as I approached the tree line. There was no way a car could have disappeared so quickly. And yet when I got to the road, there was nobody there. It was as if the source of the strange light had just disappeared, vanished into thin air. And worse than that, I felt eyes on the back of my neck as I stood out there in the darkness, blind and weaponless, having brought nothing to defend myself. A nearby twig broke underfoot and I spun around to see the dark shape of something hiding behind a tree, just a few yards away. It was shadowy, and humanoid, ducking out of sight when I looked. The feeling of dread I was experiencing intensified a thousandfold as soon as I caught sight of it. Something you should know about me is that I love to read old folklore and mythology. Well, immediately this thing I saw reminded me of a description I had read of a mythological creature, a terrifying one. It reminded me of folklore tales I had heard of a creature called the hide-behind, a being which stalks people in the woods when they're alone and vulnerable. As the name suggests, they hide behind trees and are difficult to spot, no matter which angle you look from. They stalk their prey with practiced efficiency, and most people die without seeing them coming. I tried to shake away that memory, but could not. As I stared at the thing behind the tree, I felt an inhuman entity was looking back at me. I stepped to the side to try and get a better look at it, but the angle I saw of the creature stayed the same. It remained stubbornly hidden behind the tree. Have you ever felt a presence that you recognized immediately was not of our world? Well, silly as that might sound to some people, that's what I felt. Looking at that dark shape hiding behind the tree as it stared back at me, I felt like my heart was going to stop in my chest. 
My gut was full of concrete as I turned on my heel and ran from it, whatever it was. I was so scared I tripped over my own feet, falling hard to the ground and eating dirt on the shoulder of the road. The thing seemed to sense my weakness and it moved out from its hiding place. It didn't step out. It seemed to glide sideways as if it was floating. It regarded me for an instant longer, then started to close in, its features growing only slightly more discernible as it drew closer. I stumbled to my feet. After taking a few precarious steps and nearly tumbling down into the ditch, I managed to sprint across the field and away from the thing. For a while, I was too afraid to glance over my shoulder, worried that if I did, it would be my death. When I finally did look back, I saw it watching me from the tree line. Its form was blurred and dark, like a picture out of focus. Somehow, I found myself unable to tell my wife about what had happened, or anyone for that matter. It felt as if I couldn't, as if to do so would make the whole thing real. If I didn't mention it to anyone, it seemed like I could pretend it didn't happen, like it was just a dream. A week later, it was another quiet night and my wife and I were sitting out on the front porch, slapping mosquitoes and drinking lemonade. She pointed up towards the stars and I followed her finger to see a small bluish white orb move across the night sky. I thought it was a plane or a satellite so far up in the sky that it seemed insignificant but then it turned and began heading straight towards us. Its trajectory and its growing light caused us both to scream with fear. It crashed down toward us like a meteor about to impact the ranch, its size swelling and its light growing more and more powerful. But then, just as it looked as if it was about to slam into us with the force of a small sun, it slowed and seemed to inspect us, hovering just a few yards from us. As the glowing bluish white orb regarded us, I felt as if I was dying inside. My bones ached and pain blossomed in my chest and in my throat. My heart hammered too fast inside my chest. I tried to take a breath, but found myself unable as it drew closer and closer to us, its power impossible to ignore. Hovering in front of us, it stayed where it was for several long moments. The power in the house went out suddenly and it was eerily quiet and dark, except for the light from the orb and its reverberating hum. All I wanted was for it to go away. The feeling of it was so upsetting and so unpleasant, it made me feel queasy and sick and even worse than that in a way I can't describe. It was like a sense of foreboding doom was hanging over me, as if an anvil suspended by an old fraying rope were dangling over me. I blinked my eyes and when I opened them, the orb was lazily floating away from us, going back up into the sky. Then it vanished in a horizontal line which indicated sudden rapid movement. The white line across the black night sky disappeared a moment later, and I finally felt as if I could breathe again. <gasps> what the hell was that thing? My wife had asked, sounding just as terrified as I felt, but I had no response. I couldn't bring myself to share about the experience I'd had if I did, I was worried the creature would come back, as if the mere mention of it would summon it into our midst. When we went back inside the house, all of the phones, laptops, gaming systems, appliances, and anything else electronic in the house was completely inoperable. In an instant, they were transformed into giant, 
useless paperweights. As the weeks went by, the glowing orbs became a more and more persistent problem. They also began affecting our livelihood. Eventually, I started to realize that this place was cursed. One morning in particular comes to mind, the morning when everything changed and I realized I could no longer stay at Skinwalker Ranch. I stood out in the field in the early morning sun, looking at the dead cow, flies buzzing around its head. A strange hole was sliced through its neck, the edges clean like they had been cut with a scalpel. The missing portion of its jugular had caused it to bleed out, and the evidence of that was coagulated all around my feet in a sticky puddle. My wife had named this one avocado. I could tell it was avocado just by looking at it, an egg-shaped black mark on its side with a white circle at the center distinguished it from the others. The yearling would have gone off for slaughter in a month. Its untimely death would put us in the red even worse than we already were, especially since another three deaths had occurred in recent weeks, each time the same unexplainable injuries. The property had been nothing but trouble since we moved in. Nothing had gone right. I looked around the property, trying to see if I could spot one of the orbs. The skies were clear and blue, completely cloudless. No glowing orbs. Not today, at least. Why would anyone want to do this to an innocent animal? I thought, staring at the blank expression on the cow's face. My eye caught movement in the sky to the north, and I looked to see something whizzing past like a bullet. It was a round ball of bluish-white light, tracing a path across the field, heading for a patch of grass behind some nearby trees. It disappeared a moment later. That was when I realized the cattle were over in that field grazing. The orb was headed straight for them. No longer thinking rationally, only worried about our livelihood being wiped out, I raced across the sun-yellowed grass towards the clearing. Anxious moos could be heard through the trees. As fast as I could run, I felt so slow compared to those things which were terrorizing us, the evil orbs which came from the sky to torment us. The cows were all racing towards me, terrified of the blue orb. One of them crashed into me, knocking me to the ground, and I felt a hoof land just beside my head, which surely would have killed me if it had been a few inches to the side. I stood to see the glowing orb's attention turn to me. Without any distinguishing features, it should have been impossible to tell when the wisp of light was turning, but somehow I could sense that it was looking right at me. And then, an instant later, it was over top of me, inches away. It droned and undulated in the most unpleasant way, like too much bass in the backseat of a car where you have no control over the stereo, like a drill at the dentist burrowing into a back tooth when you realize there's not enough Novocaine in the world to quench the pain of what you're about to experience, like the roar of an airplane engine from an inch away or a case of tinnitus bad enough to make you go insane. And yet I couldn't move. I could only lay there, feeling as if my skull were being torn apart by opposite forces too strong to resist. Was this what happened when people spontaneously combusted? Was this alien going to make me explode like an egg in the microwave? Suddenly I heard my wife screaming something behind me. The shotgun blast was deafening, but had no effect on the glowing orb. My wife reloaded and pumped the barrel once more. Then I heard another shot go off. Again, it seemed to do nothing. That was when the orb moved over me, traveling towards my wife instead. It settled its presence around her, and I screamed at her to run, 
She didn't look as if she was able to hear me anymore, though. The shotgun dropped from her hand, and I watched her eyeballs rolled up, revealing the whites of her eyes and nothing else. She appeared possessed as the blue glow enveloped her, and her skin started to cook like meat over the barbecue. No! I screamed, scrambling to my feet and running over toward her. By the time I arrived, though, she was nothing but a pile of black ash and cinders in the perfect shape of her form. As I dove into her, trying to rescue her from the light, the orb receded back into the sky. As I collided with the column of embers that had been my wife an instant earlier, it exploded into a black-gray cloud of dust, obliterating any evidence of what had just happened and leaving only a scattered pile of ashes. I was left coughing and choking on her remains, covered in black soot. Part of me couldn't believe what had just happened really happened. But when I looked to the ground beside me, I saw the shotgun she had been carrying with her. She had tried to save me, I thought to myself. She'd tried to save me, and it had gotten her killed. After weeping for a while, unable to move or do anything, eventually I stood up, and the ashes poured off of me and continued to cloud the air around me as I walked slowly back towards the farmhouse with my head hanging down. What was I going to do now? My wife was my whole life. Without her, the world seemed empty and hopeless. There was no point to anything anymore. I stumbled past the cows and they watched me with sad eyes. Climbing the porch steps, I opened the front door and stepped inside the house. The smell of delicious food being cooked on the stove greeted me immediately. Onions and garlic, and the sounds of a knife chopping something on the cutting board. I ran into the kitchen, unable to believe my senses. And there she was, my wife, Christine, standing in the kitchen, chopping a bloody red piece of meat. She turned around with the large chef's knife in hand, smiling at me as I came in. Her eyes were the only thing about her that didn't look the same. Otherwise, she was a perfect match for the love of my life. The woman I had just seen turned to ash outside. Her eyes had no color, no irises. They were only pupils and they were all black. Hi, honey, she said, still holding the knife. I'm making your favorite for dinner tonight, beef stew. Gotta use up avocado before she goes bad. She turned around and went back to the large slice of meat on the counter. It looked just like the piece that had gone missing from avocado. How did you know the cow was dead? I didn't tell you yet. You didn't have to tell me, sweetie. We're married. I know everything you know. I know all your deepest, darkest secrets. And pretty soon, you won't have to remember a thing. What does that mean, Christine? I asked, backing away out of the kitchen. But something stopped me. I bumped into the form of someone blocking my path. Spinning around, I saw a grinning, exact replica of me, only with eyes as black as coal and a sharp-toothed smile with canines much longer than mine had ever been. Its teeth were white as if they had never been used. The knife went into my back with little pain at first. I didn't even realize it had happened until I fell down and saw all the blood. The two of them stood over me, watching as I slowly lost consciousness. What's for dinner, sweetie? Numi asked, his voice sounding far off and quiet. Oh, you're gonna love it, honey. It's his favorite, beef stew. Sounds delicious, 